Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hi, this is Jessica, and thanks so much for joining us in episode two. I have a guest today. I am joined by Diana Wayne. Diana is a life coach, a thought leader who empowers overachievers to heal their shit, break through, and thrive in all areas of life with the magic of NLP. Diana and I are both part of an online coaching network, and like myself, Diana has experienced loss. And what I love about learning who Diana is, is that like me in her healing, she became a life coach. And so in my brand new podcast, I started telling my story. My first episode, if you heard that one, uh, I talked about some of the events that happened in my life. And I believe that they were a lot of events that were meant to hold me back or events that would continue to hold many people back. But I pushed through and I see that in Diana. And often when people hear my story, they are pretty surprised and they can't relate. So I felt a connection with Diana even before we had an opportunity to have a one-on-one because I just knew she gets me. So welcome, Diana. Tell us about you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and to the audience if we haven't met. Yes, I'm Diana Wayne. Just a quick background about me. I um, was born and raised to an immigrant family from El Salvador in Houston, Texas. I'm the youngest of four girls. And growing up, I didn't realize how much emotional support I did not have because we don't talk about my emotions. And the reason I say that is because about 10 years or so, it kind of blows my mind, 10 years ago, one of my sisters was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that was a really tough time for us. It was just a surprise. Nobody in my family had passed away or had that type of illness before. My grandmother had passed away about five years earlier and she had been 105. So it just was a big blow to our family. So my sister battled cancer. She lost her battle with cancer and that was really tough, but I didn't know how to address my grief. I didn't know how to address my loss. I didn't even know what I was feeling outside of death is normal. And then I went to work that those were the things I told Mm -hmm. myself. So I was trying to power through the emotions, pretending they weren't bothering me. And I just went through I started to have anxiety attacks and I didn't know even how to address that. And then 14 months later, actually 15 months after my sister passed, my other sister took her life. And that was the biggest blow Mm -hmm. of my life because it was just such a shock. There was two pieces of me. One, one, the person that didn't understand how she could do that. Mm -hmm. And two, the person that did understand because I understood that I was also equally depressed. However, I knew that I didn't want to ever do that to myself because I knew I couldn't put my family through loss. But for my sister, I could understand that. And yet when you go through losing a family member, one where it's known with cancer and one when it's unexpected, the dynamics of loss is so different. It's so overwhelming. It's so related to the experience. And all of that, that last loss really forced me to wake up and say, Oh my gosh, Diana, what is life? What is life to you? Mm -hmm. What is it 
mean? How are you going to live your life? Because I was in this rut of, as an immigrant child, I was the first in my family to go to college. I was the first to start a career. I had a great career in corporate America and I was climbing the ladder, but I really had to stop and ask myself, what are you feeling and what do you really want in life? And that's what started the journey of really like the spirit, the healing to lead into spiritual Mm -hmm. life. However, it wasn't you know, that was like the very short condensed version. Um, But I have to say that the thing about loss is it can empower you to really step into your life if you choose, or it can hold you back. And I chose to really step into my life because I had the perspective of my sister taking her life and seeing how that impacted friends, family, so many people, my poor grandmother, just, you know, she couldn't really comprehend it. And she had raised my sister. And so that I knew I didn't want to do that to my family, but it also really requires some deep, deep inner work. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And even as I, I've heard your story before, and as I listen again, I think I kind of feel bad for asking you about it again, because, oh. because it, I know for myself and what I've been through, it's not always easy to go there, but I, I also know that you take care of yourself. You are a very spiritual person, but I really want to talk about like that, that gap. I like that you said, like, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't really have language to talk about feelings, to talk about loss, because it's not something that we talk about. So like, what would you say were some of the initial stages where you were starting to, to, or what did you go through before you made that decision that I want to do something with my life. Yeah. And the thing about growing up. So one of the things as a life coach that, that I help my clients, especially to become empowered is let's get to the source and the root of where these things are. So one of the things I've learned and lost, and even in, in like processing, you know, loss, whether it's a career unfulfilled career, a breakup, a relationship, one of the things we unpack is, what were the stories or messages we received growing up about how we should or shouldn't treat that experience? So the example for me is when I was five years old, I distinctly remember that my dad had a brother who at that time I was five. My brother, my uncle was, I want to say he was 26 or 27, but he died in military service. And I remember that my mom, my mom was really crying. She was very close to her brother-in-law. And my dad told my mom don't cry because it's not going to bring him back. And as a young child, when you hear something like that, and I remember my mom stopped crying, like, okay. And she composed herself, put herself together. Mm. And so the message that we, I learned, and I'm sharing this because I'd love the audience to think about what messages did you learn for anywhere in your life that you're not feeling empowered in the message I learned is you don't cry and then you Mm -hmm. pull yourself together. So when I realized that again, through coaching, I understood why when my sister passed from cancer, it was pull yourself together, go straight to work Mm -hmm. because I learned that subtle message and it was so subconscious and I had no clue how much that message had impacted how I showed up to different things. And that's why for a long time, I thought my life was in service of like 911 or first emergency because I could just pull myself together and power through, but I didn't realize that that message was there. So 
So when I realized that that was the message, it all started to click that, oh, I had all these messages going through. And one of the things, you know, there's these buckets around the five stages of grief or loss. And I struggled with that because I did feel that with my sister, Karen, but I didn't with my sister, Raquel, the one who took her life, because I wasn't even in denial. I was just so angry with her. Whereas my other sister, I was in sadness and it was just so different. And so that's the one thing I want to share is there is no uh, set way in which we're supposed to mm-hmm. grieve or have face loss. It's more of, for me, what I teach is really around where are you today? Where are you mm-hmm. now? And then we start to unpack the source of what, where that comes from and if that is useful or not useful. And, and at the end of the day, you know, one of the other things I've learned, and this is also important, is it's important to get in touch with what we're feeling because when we don't and we're in the judgment of what we're feeling versus being embracing of the feeling. So if we are judging ourselves for, hey, oh, man, I'm still sad. I'm still crying. That's the judgment. But if we embrace the, the tears and we cry, it's very therapeutic. That in itself is the healing of moving that energy through our body that stored those emotions. And then we can start to release and that energy starts to loosen its grip. And I really am convinced that my anxiety attacks were a a product of me ignoring Mm -hmm. my feelings. Right. And so that's very important Mm -hmm. to just get clear on where you are with no judgment observation of I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. angry and that's completely okay. I love that you said moving energy through your body, because I think yeah. if I were, if I were to hear that two, three or more years ago, I would have been like, you're weird. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but now I get it. And I'm so thankful that I get it. And it took yeah. years and it took crying and it took talking about my feelings, addressing my feelings in order for me to, and, and then knowing that that's okay for me to do yeah. that. That yeah. took me a long time to get there. I recently heard a quote that said, I can't remember the first word, but it was like massive independence or something like that. Strong independence is a trauma response. And that, that was like, wow, that I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was young, we had funerals because we had um, aunts and uncles, many who have uh, died by suicide and, um, or died in prison, like just you know, random things that doesn't happen to normal people, I suppose. Um, But at our funerals, or after the funeral, we would have this luncheon and everyone would get together and we'd have sandwiches and tea and there would be a lot of laughing. And I remember sitting, sitting like with aunts and uncles and everyone's laughing. And I remember like always just being very aware of what's going on in my head and recognizing we're at a funeral. It's really sad, but people are laughing and just trying to take that in. And so, so I learned that death is a part of life and it's okay. So that's what I learned. It didn't make loss any easier because when I lost my brother, who is 18 years old, he was shot by the police. It was very public. And for some reason, well, I guess I know the reason, but I felt like I had a responsibility. I had to take care of my family. Mm. The media is coming to the door. The police are coming to the door. I have to speak. And so that I did like my mourning for my brother and accepting his death, like that took years and I didn't even know, like I thought I was fine, but eventually crashed. And also the first time that I experienced anxiety in my life. Yeah. Very normal because 
at the end of the day, for anyone that's experienced any type of loss and, um, I've had clients that are come to me because they had a breakup, et cetera. They're like, I know it's not a big deal. And it's like, it's not about the comparison. It's about where are you in this moment and acknowledging where you are and really just allowing to sit with that. Because when we do, then we give ourselves permission to embrace what we're feeling. And from a spiritual level, I do feel that it helps for me. You know, you mentioned around sharing my story and feeling bad and I've gotten to a place that I know that my sharing my story isn't about just Diana sharing her story, but it's about empowering others that have had like experiences or experiences that maybe there might be some shame around sharing. And there isn't shame at the end of the day, it is our story and there's beauty and owning our story. And it's not that our story should always be these Disney-like examples where everything's perfect. It really is we're living this thing called life. It's a beautiful experience. Some of it is yucky, but we get to choose how do we respond and we get to choose to heal that. And I think there's so much beauty in that because for me, the ultimate piece of all of this, which I couldn't even when this journey started for me is, wow, I get to connect with people at a deeper level Mm -hmm. than the surface level. I don't even know what surface level, but you know, it's so much deeper because of me sharing my story. Mm-hmm. And then I get to hear people's stories and that connection and that bond is just incredible and beautiful. And that to me is the magic of life. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's why I call it thriving right? Because mm-hmm. to me, thriving isn't everything's perfect. It's that I get to choose in spite of things not being always there. And I'm still thriving. I'm still, I feel like I'm thriving more than I ever have, even before my experiences, because how I can share and talk and really help people and really help women, especially become empowered by becoming authentically aligned to what is their life versus the shame that comes around the perfectionism and how to have everything together and all that great, beautiful, like Mm -hmm. rap. You know, mm-hmm. but to me, it is becoming aligned and owning it, owning our stories and, and being aligned mm-hmm. to it. I think it really, it took a lot of practice for me to tell my story. And when I started doing that, that's when I started to recognize shame because I, I grew up in the North End where, you know, for the majority of people that are in poverty are First Nation people that that's my childhood. And so that came with a lot of shame and I had to cope with that so that I can overcome it. So what was that experience like for you? Did you have shame and, and how, like, how did that go along with telling your story? Well, and it's interesting because my shame showed up in a way I wouldn't have expected, but the shame that showed up is, so I share that my sister took her life. My dad asked me what happened and I told him the truth. And he said, you know, I don't think it helps to tell the family, all the details, you know, just high level, they know, but we don't need to go there. And it wasn't shameful, but there was a level of balancing of, does the details really matter? Does that change how somebody thinks about a loved one? And in particular, this came up with my mom, because my mom was actually the most, um, Growing up, she was very tough. She was very strong, but she also didn't allow emotions at all. So it was really, if anything, the shame came up of really sharing of how I don't get along with my mom, (laughs) you know, like I'm sharing like all these things about growing up and realizing what I 
had gone through and all this. And, you know, and then there's a part, little voice that would say, oh, what if your mom finds out? And so mm-hmm. I just had to sh- go again, owning our story empowers us. And when I started to own it, it showed up of like, maybe I shouldn't say that. And then I was like, you know what, this is where I am today. This is what I'm feeling. This is part of my truth in this moment. And truth in itself is another conversation (laughs) for another episode. But when I shared that, I also started to realize how the taboo about around mother daughter relationship is real. And how many quite uh, maybe because of the work I'm in, a lot of the women that I work with, don't have the best mother daughter relationship. And there's a lot of inner child healing that has to happen through that. So it comes up, but you know, part of it is just facing the shame, facing the fears, getting clear on like, what is it? Is this trying to hold me back? Or is this something to protect me? And so like, I am always navigating and trying to understand Mm -hmm. is this shame because it's like, coming from fear, or is there some protection here? And generally, there it's one and the same the shame is trying to protect like no you don't want to be seen this way right and so you know i, I lovingly acknowledge the shame the fears and then i say thank you and then i continue on because i know that there's power in mm-hmm. sharing that truth and so mm-hmm. it's led me here it's never gone astray but i also really do recognize that it's a real thing and, and you know, it's also part of the human experience <laughs> to mm-hmm. go through some of that shame or to, but the, the beauty comes in recognizing that there's shame and to not let it bring you down and hold you mm-hmm. down. Again. I love that. And I love, I love like where I am in my life where you can be alert and aware to those things and also mm-hmm. know that you get to make a choice. Like that yeah. feels really good. And I definitely didn't always feel that. Well, and, and, and if I could just add, that is part of the empowerment. The empowerment isn't that we don't go through experience is that we recognize what it is. And then we get to choose. If we recognize the shame, we get to choose to move through it. If we recognize the hurt, we get to heal that. That is the empowerment. If we recognize that it's joy, we're like, cool, I'll take more of that. And it's that, that choice. That's the empowerment, not the judgment of having that experience that produced the shame. Right. So that I think is very key for anybody in the audience that, you know, I have clients that self-sabotage or come with self-judgment, like I did that again. And it's like, no, let's just recognize where you are. And, and now, you know, there's a good reason for why that's coming up. Now let's recognize how you get to choose again or choose differently next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I wanted to talk about acceptance because for me during my healing, that was a big thing that once I realized for me, that's where I needed to be. That's when I started to understand the the cycle or the, what do you call the, the stages of grief. Yeah. And, and when I started accepting it and I don't remember who I started, started sharing my story with first, but that was so empowering. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's just having someone listen and feeling heard. And what I started to to do with my story was I started to get more descriptive with it. I did a TED talk on it. So I had some coaching on it a few years ago. And when I started describing it with words and feelings, that's when I found people connected to it. And then when people could connect to it, they could recognize where they are in their journey of grief or, you know, stage of, of life. And Mm -hmm. And then move forward with it next. Yeah. 
So what was your, what was your experience like with, like when you started talking about the story, you mentioned your parents and kind of their reaction. I know for a while I was afraid, I was afraid to be talking about things and it, and it takes a skill, right? You have to craft it so that you're not offending anyone, um, hurting anyone's feelings or talking about somebody else's experience that you don't know, but talking about your own experience. And when I did my Ted talk, that was the first time that my mom had actually ever heard me speak live. And so that was the only time I was scared to go on that stage, but it was an incredible experience. Yes. Sometimes I do these overachiever things where I go, go big or go home. (laughs) So I just did a Facebook live. (laughs) Wow. I can relate. I've been there. I've done it. (laughs) Right. It's like the overachiever. So I will say there was a defining moment. I don't know if it's the acceptance, but it certainly was the first thing I thought about, which is when my sister took her life, I had a really good friend and he knew my sisters. He knew me. His name's um, Kenny. And I also want to say, just side note, I know I really believe that we're also supported, fundamentally supported with the right people, the right friends. It might not be who you expect, but somehow you'll have that one person that says that right thing at the right moment. And you're like, wow, okay. And those are the guidance and that support we received. So I remember I was talking to Kenny and I was in this funk of, I can't believe Raquel did this. I can't believe she took her life. And he just jarringly said, of course you can. It was so easy for her. And I, and I was like, wait, what? And he's like, come on, Raquel was like the laziest person took the easiest way out. And I'm like, Oh, they're talking about my dead sister. Right. And he said, wow. But he said it. He's like, like, seriously, she took the shortcuts in life. She never went through with her plans. This was easy because she was in pain. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that really, sh- uh, changed so much for me. He said, Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I care about more for you. And he told me I had a friend in college, her dad died and she gave up on her life. I, I know that it sucks that Raquel died, but don't give up on your life. And that it it brings me teary eyed because it sucks at my soul because it is true. When we face loss, when we face anything, we get pulled into their story and what they were going through. And then I went into, and I would go into what could I, what could I have done to save her help her? Right. And, and everybody's going through their journey. And so there's this balance of it really at the end of the day, wasn't about me. It wasn't about Diana saving my sister. It was Kel was going through her own journey, but in his words who, and you know, they were jarring at the Mm -hmm. same time in his words, he brought me back to, you got to take care of your life. And that was the moment of, I need to really figure myself out. I need to figure what this is about for me, not for, and and in a weird way, I say Raquel gave me my life back because Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. action really forced me to come back into me, you know? So that was the moment that I remember, wow, it just shifted for me completely from this happened and that happened in my life and why me and that to whoa, I'm really responsible for my life. Oh and my I, goodness. Yeah. Incredible. That is powerful. Absolutely. It's moments like that, statements like that, like, yeah, that just totally move us. I want to jump to yeah. how did you go from lost to a spiritual goddess? But I first want to share this just to relate to what you just said yeah. was when, when my brother was killed, 
because he was killed by the police, it was a, it was under investigation. So we couldn't see his body for a few days. Like it was, I don't, I mean, it was different than a murder case, which I have mm -hmm. also experienced a, a family member. I remember going to see his body and we had to stay far away. And that was the first time in my life that I like heard an audible voice in my head, like that voice mm -hmm. of peace and support, like blew my mind. I was like, okay, like if, if there's God, that's God, because yeah. you know, what is that voice looking around, seeing all the hurt, not just in my family, because I mean, my mom and my grandma over time and all of the trauma that they've experienced, but also in our community, for some reason, I had this knowing that came to me that what has happened to Matthew is not about me, just like what you said. This is not about me and Matthew. This is not about me and anybody. This is about Matthew and God. And, yes. and my life is about me and God. And that, that changed my entire life, changed my entire direction, which I, I think will take us to that question. Like, how did you go from loss to a spiritual goddess? And I'm saying that because I know we've connected on many levels and I think one of the things that you've referred to it before and other people do is woo woo, which is <laughs> cute, but like spirituality is power. Like it's yeah. richness. And I didn't have that mm -hmm. before the loss of my brother. And just like you, I believe my journey of experiencing his death has brought me so much life. That's yeah. incredible. Yes. Yeah. I, Oh man, there's so many moments. That example with my friend is one example. There was another one where I met somebody and his father had passed and he said, Hey, have you ever thought about talking to a healer? And I was like, what do you mean by a healer? And he's like, a medium. And I was like, Oh my goodness, is that real? <laughs> and ironically, my sister and I used to watch medium shows before they passed. So it was so like, specific that that was brought up. I took that as a sign. Mm -hmm. And there was just these hits. There's like these moments in your soul that you're just like, whoa, this is different. This is deeper. And then the mind comes in and it's like, oh, ignore that. Right. But mm -hmm. I started, it was just so clear that I, um, actually, I remember the moment there was another time where I was in my bed. It was those weekends and I just, and I grew up, um, my family was Christian. My mom's very Pentecostal, which is another irony in itself <laughs> because she's not emotional. However, I remember being sad and in my room. And then I just heard the bird so distinctly as if to say, there's life and wake up. And it wasn't too far after that moment with Kenny. And um, I there's this Bible verse about not worrying about life. And I want to say it's a Matthew. Uh, we can put this in the notes later on. Um, but it was like, don't worry about life. The birds don't worry about the food because mm -hmm. they already know that they'll be fed. And it's true. Mm -hmm. Birds aren't sitting there worried, right? They just fly around, look what they have to look and they're taken care of. And that verse came into my mind and it was just so, uh, life. Right. And that's why I have this more, I don't really necessarily focus on loss in a weird way because 
I am more focused on the life and I do help a lot of my clients on loss, but it is about life, right? It's, it's not about giving up our life when we have these yucky experiences is about choosing differently and stepping into the empowerment of life. And that in itself is the beauty. That's the magic. And then the like bigger magic, which is where I am now is seeing the signs, knowing there's no coincidences, having that faith, knowing it's going to work out and then step into the manifestation. And like the manifestation is a whole nother realm that like, Mm -hmm. once you heal, wow, that stuff is juicy. So Mm -hmm. it's just, maybe there's a level of, um, of just enjoyment. Honestly, I just let my intuition guide me. I let my feelings guide me. I let myself go with the flow and, you know, kind of like how I said, I don't know, you know, these, whatever comes up will come up in this convo. It's just Mm -hmm. so juicy to me. And that to me is so magical. That's how I've gotten here because I keep getting these like hits of what magic is on, on life on this earth plane. And I just, I love it. And I just, it just, I'm like, there's no coincidences. Like I just know I have that as a core belief in my life and it's never strayed me. And I'm just like, gosh, you know, like here I am at my age. I feel that I have well over more than half of my life to live. And I'm like, I still feel like I'm just getting started. I yeah. still feel like more to come and there's more that I can't even imagine. And that to me is so exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that you said, I could totally resonate with. And I think, I think before we go, that's one thing that I would like to share is when it comes to healing and growing your spirituality, it's seeking, right? I was always seeking. I was open to looking for healing, looking for wellness. I remember one day looking at the ground thinking if like if I could feel this low and just recognizing how low, how shitty I felt something in my head, that voice, that intuition said, if you can be this low, you can be this high. And that's where my life changed. And I was like, it was just like zoom. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to keep going there. And, and that was, that was part of, of my journey. I want to, because our, my podcast is confidence and communication. I like to talk, you know, just as we close a little statement or thought on what does, I should have given you a heads up on this, but what does like the healing journey and your spiritual journey, what does that have to do with confidence and communication? And I'll share mine with you and and then please reflect. But I feel like it was important to me to communicate my feelings as I was experiencing them for myself, but also for my leadership journey. And and then I had to feel confident enough to do it. So, which meant I had to know that I was worthy of feeling better. Mm. So what would you add to that? Oh, confidence shows up in so many areas, right? It's like, do you feel confident in relationships? Do you feel confident in careers? Do you feel confident in grief and loss? What I've learned, and this is what's really helped me is even when you don't feel confident, take that baby step to build the confidence, that little baby step that pushes you out of your comfort zone. So for me, the baby step with my loss was sharing truthfully with certain individuals, really what happened, like how my sister took her life. And I, you know, that was just my own way of building confidence to share about it. So when I did that Facebook live, it wasn't 
just the Facebook live, like I decided it would, I mean, I did decide, but it was like, I had already shared enough with the people and received validation that I needed to share this in a bigger way. So that's how I started to build the confidence. And I really have learned that it's not the judgment of, oh, I'm not confident. It's more like, okay, I'm not confident in this area. What baby step do I need to take to develop that confidence? Because I do think confidence comes from a lot of it is uh, taking that action. It's not just sitting around and hoping it comes through. <laughs> I've tried right. that. But sometimes, you know, like there's those butterflies in our stomachs and we just got to speak up, right? Because that message is powerful. And the other thing that really helps for me in confidence and spiritual, like the way I've become confident without really realizing it is that I realize that it, I, and we were talking about this earlier. I don't think about it as Diana is speaking. I think about the message that is coming through Mm -hmm. needs to be shared and resonate. So for me, then it becomes a privilege. Like, Oh, I get to share this message with somebody. I have to share it. Right. And that's not because then when I get into my head about, Oh my God, I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, Oh, wow. Right. (laughs) But when I share from that perspective of like, this is beyond me, this is greater. I need to share Mm -hmm. this it's like I become unstoppable and, and I become empowered. And that to me is the confidence. Right. And, and I just, I do it because it's not about me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. is and it isn't right. It's just, it's so much bigger than me. And so that's where my confidence has come from is just sharing from that, that perspective of this is beyond me. I love that. Thank you so much for spending time. Thank you for sharing again. I know that you're brilliant and wonderful and I thank you so much for your time. So where do you spend most of your social media time? Oh, absolutely. On IG, you just search for at Diana lives with an S and send me a DM, follow, reach out. I'd love to chat with you and engage with you. If anyone needs coaching, would love to chat as well. But IG is where you can find me the most of my time. Awesome. I will be there too. So take a screenshot of the podcast and tag us. And uh, thank you, Diana. Talk to you again soon. And thanks to our listeners. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01. Because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.